Welcome back to the lounge. It's been a while, but I'm glad to be back. The last you probably heard about me was either a 2019 breakout episode, some rookie breakdown podcast, maybe my 2019 mock draft, or some DFS weeks. But I've been out for a while, but I'm glad to be back. And the reason I'm back is because there's been a lot of talk about the 2020 rookie draft, what picks are worth, what should I trade, should I accept this offer. So I have to be able to bring you those answers. And somehow, somehow, I've recruited two heavyweights, the best in the business, to join me in the lounge to give you the answers that you need. So tonight, tonight, we're gonna turn the lights on, we're gonna dust off the records, and we're gonna conduct a 2020 rookie mock draft for fantasy football. Cause you're at the point in the season where you either want to sell your picks to make that title run or you want to acquire the picks and rebuild for the future. This is the podcast for you. You're going to get all those answers, a two-round mock draft telling you what is the best course of action. Now, I'm going to post this on YouTube if you want to see the lounge. Love to have you join me in the lounge anytime, talking fantasy football, drinking our spirits. So go ahead and get your drink, sit back, relax, let us do the heavy lifting, and you reap the rewards. Follow me on Twitter at Roto Lounge. You can find the YouTube channel, Roto Lounge. Sit back, let's do this thing. 2020 rookie mock draft two heavyweights battle royale let's do this thing so i'd like to introduce my two guests to the lounge the first guest is a writer and a podcaster for dynasty nerds you can find him on the podcast dynasty rewind his twitter handle is at dynasty price He's a former Malone pioneer, and he loves nothing more than breaking down college prospects. That's why he's in the lounge tonight, Mr. Garrett Price. How's it going, man? I appreciate you having me on. I'm I'm excited about this. Some of the things I'm I'm seeing on your show sheet here, it's getting get me all tingly inside. I'm excited. All right, well, we're we're ready to get started. So let me uh, let me introduce our next guest. He's the host of the newest podcast, Obsession of Mind, the Destination Debbie podcast. He's a Debbie writer and ranker at DLF Football and a former college player in his own right. You can find him down south, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Ray GQ. Man, I'm excited to be here, excited to talk to you and step in the lounge and like Price said, man, the show sheet, uh, I think there's some good stuff and some good exercises to come out of this. So, uh, you know, it's my first time in the lounge. I'm excited about it. And anytime I get to be on a podcast with Garrett Price, man, it's just a great day. It's a great day to be on. All right. Well, welcome to the lounge. First thing I need to ask you is, are either of you a social drinker? And if so, what do you prefer? Uh, social is probably the right word. Uh, I am, uh, I'm kind of a lightweight, like it's, it's one of those things where I want to enjoy alcohol more than I do. Uh, but right now, honestly, I'm, I'm kind of a wimp. So, uh, like right now I'm, I'm 
just drinking like and people are gonna judge me and i know that and i'll probably get some heat on twitter and that and that's okay um but like right now i'm drinking like an angry orchard like that's i was like oh shoot i'm gonna be on the lounge i gotta gotta have like some sort of drink in my hand so i'm like scouring like the fridge the cabinets and stuff like that i was like well either drink my wife's wine or i got an uh an angry orchard here so that, that's all i'm working with so i apologize that i'm probably not uh holding up to the standard that you expect hey it's all good hey what about you ray you know i am really you know price was talking about his wife's wine i am a wine connoisseur anything red cabernets merlots i really enjoy a good glass of wine but tonight i've got some jameson neat no ice no mix just a little bit of jameson you know in the night out it was a rough day at work so just a little bit of that irish whiskey i like anything dark anything brown you know, bourbon, cognac, uh, that's that's what I do. I don't do the clear. I'm, I'm not a big vodka drinker, not a big tequila drinker, but, you know, anything brown, scotch, love it. Well, that sounds good. You know, here in the lounge, we enjoy our spirits, you know, our bourbon, cigars, jazz, music, especially while we discuss fantasy football. So feel free to keep those those glasses full. Uh, if you got any more angry orchards, Garrett, go ahead and get them <laughs> eyes. Uh, let's get ready to talk some football, all right? Sounds good. All right. So, before we get started, let's talk about your endeavors. Garrett, if you will, please tell the listeners where they can find your work and what you may be working on currently. Yeah, so most of my content, most of my work is with uh, Dynasty Nerds. They were the ones uh, that really got me into uh, Dynasty Fantasy Football, put me put me into this in- industry, and uh, I'm, I'm eternally grateful for uh, guys like Rich and Matt and what they allowed me to do. Um, and so most of my content, most of my work is with them. Uh, I do podcasts there. I write not as much as I used to, but I do write uh, here and there. Uh, I do a lot on Twitter with different film breakdowns or um, different threads about players and things like that. And uh, that'll certainly ramp up more so in the off season, uh, more so than end season. But one of the big things we're working on right now at Dynasty Nerds is uh, this thing that we call the film room. Uh, and basically what we've done is uh, gotten a whole bunch of games already cut up for you, easy access to be able to just click it and say like, okay, I want to watch, you know, five games of Kylan Hill. You can pop in and watch five games of Kylan Hill without having to search all over the internet and try to figure out which one's legitimate and which ones are actually all his snaps as opposed to just touches or, you know, whatever. It's it's all in one place. You know exactly what you're getting um, nice and easy. So that's that's the big thing that I'm working on right now. Sounds good. What about you, Ray? What are some things the listeners need to check out? Yeah, of course, you, you mentioned it. At the start of the show, uh, hosting the Destination Debbie podcast, it's, you know, a, a college centric show that focuses on guys who are going to eventually and hopefully score points for our fantasy rosters here in the near future. Love college football, passionate about the game. Um, I'm a writer and ranker over there at DLF, DynastyLeagueFootball.com. Uh, you know, so head on over there, check out my uh, Debbie rankings. And then as far as Twitter, like like Garrett said, you know, prospect breakdowns. And for me, there are so many guys out there that do a great job of showcasing, you know, these these players highlights. And and for one of the things that I like to focus on are, you know, some of the things that aren't going to show up on the highlight reel just to see how they how they react in certain situations. So some of the film breakdowns that I post, it's, you know, a running back making a three yard run or a wide receiver that it was an incomplete pass. But just focusing on some of the subtle nuances of their game, and that's called a prospect play. So I try to do a couple of those every week. They don't, I don't do them every day because they take some time to really scout through those players. But like, like Garrett said, in the off season, I'll really be able to hit that hard. And they can find you on Twitter at Ray G Q U E, right? Ray G Q, and it's a uh, Ray G and then Q U E, Ray G Q. All right. So for all the listeners out there, on today's episode, we're going to be conducting a dynasty rookie mock draft. So as you can see, I've recruited two of the best minds on the subject, and we're here to break these picks down for the listeners. So let me explain how this is going to work. We're going to use a random 2020 mock draft, and as the host, I'm going to pick third overall. Uh, Garrett, Ray, you're going to battle out for the 1-1 pick. Uh, I'm going to ask you a trivia question a little later. Uh, We're going to conduct a two-round 12-team mock draft based on landing spots and draft capital from this mock draft. Uh, Hopefully, we can help you understand what your 2020 picks are going to be worth, whether you want to move them, acquire them, we'll also offer some trades to gauge the value of players. So before I start, let's let's talk about some disclaimers. Some of the listeners might wonder, this is not our NFL mock draft. All right, this was obtained online. It's going to change throughout the year. 
please don't critique the landing spot of these players. You know, that's not the point of this exercise. It's for the entertainment. Uh, we know the draft's not going to go according to this mock draft, but if it did, this is how the three of us would react in our drafts. And number two, uh, we're not endorsing that you rank your players in this order. You must decide how you feel about each player and as the draft approaches and the combine concludes, our feelings are going to change, right? So follow our Twitter accounts, see how we ultimately rank these players come rookie drafts. And, and the last disclaimer, uh, you know, a lot can change between now and draft season, right? Injuries, records, trades. So keep that in mind. Now, before we did this, the Dolphins won their first game. So in this mock draft, they picked 1-1. That can change. So just remember that. Um, any other disclaimers from either of you before we start? Are we uh, are we rocking the super flex or are we, we just go in the regular standard league? All right. So this is going to be a typical one-point PPR non-super flex. And this is going to be a live mock draft. So none of us know who the other is going to pick. Uh, hopefully we get some good reactions and uh, have some dialogue along the way. So let's get started. Let's determine the draft order. So I'm going to pick third. Now, before we started, each of you got to see the lounge. You got to see the liquor bar. And I'm a new whiskey fan, so I'm building my collection. So the question is, how many whiskeys do you think I own? Now, whiskeys are including bourbon, Irish whiskey, Scotch whiskey, Canadian whiskey, Tennessee whiskey. And I'll give you a hint. It's greater than one, but it's less than 40. So don't go over. <laughs> yeah. Don't go okay. over. Eric, you got the first pick. Or the first choice. Uh, let's go. Let's go with. Uh, let's go with nineteen. Nineteen. Okay, Ray. What do you say? I've watched a lot of. Um, what's that show? The Price is Right. I've watched a whole bunch of that in my time. So I'm gonna go twenty. Twenty. <laughs> twenty. Uh, hey, we, must, we must watch the same show because I was like, Ray, all you gotta do is go one over. So right now I'm drinking a single batch bourbon, and the answer is twenty six. Ah. <laughs> So, Ray, you get the first pick in our draft. Garrett, you're going to go second, and I'm going to go third. I'll keep, I'll keep the draft results on a, on a pad of paper here so we can go ahead and get started. Uh, I'm going to go over the mock draft. This is how it takes place. And, uh, and then, Ray, you're on the clock. So, with the first pick, Miami takes Tua, Justin Herbert to Cincinnati Bengals, Jerry Judy to the Redskins, LaVisca Chenault to the Giants, CeeDee Lamb to the Cardinals, Henry Ruggs to Oakland, Devonta Smith to Jaguars, Joe Burrows to Minnesota in the first round at pick 25, Jonathan Taylor to Buffalo, T. Higgins to Green Bay, and the last, well, second to last pick in the first round, Tylen Wallace to the 49ers, and Albert O.K. Boonham to New England at 132. Now the second round is Travis Etienne to Miami, Jalen Rager to Denver, Colin Johnson to Pittsburgh, Jake Fromm to Tennessee, DeAndre Swift to the Chargers, T.J. Basher to Minnesota, K.J. Hill to the New England Patriots. Round three, Jacob Breland to the Redskins, Jacob Eason to the Chargers, J.K. Dobbins to the Jaguars, Jalen Hurts to the Panthers, Chuba Hubbard to Detroit Lions, Tyler Johnson to the Cowboys, Cam Akers to the Texans, Eno Benjamin to the Chiefs. Round four, Colby Parkinson to the Pittsburgh Steelers, Najee Harris to the Bucks, Chase Claypool to the Panthers, KJ Hamler to the Lions, Kylan Hill to the Rams, Michael Pittman Jr. to the Browns, Keyshawn Vaughn to the Saints, Round 5, Tariq Black to the Bengals, Zach Mox to the Redskins, AJ Dillon to the Ravens, Antonio Gandy Golden to the Bears in Round 6, Donovan People Jones to the Bengals in Round 6, and Tyler Vaughn to the 49ers in Round 7. So now that we got our mock draft and those listeners at home are ready, let's get started with the first pick. Ray, you're on the clock. <laughs> this is fun, and I'm over here smiling as we do this. So if the NFL draft played out this way, uh, the first player that I'm going to select, and Garrett, you ought to be proud of me because I am taking the running back from the Clemson Tigers, Travis Etienne wow, from the Miami wow, Dolphins. Wow. I'm taking him with that kind of draft capital, uh, the top of the second round in a landing spot like Miami, who in this mock, they did get to us. So there goes a quarterback there. I like what they have at wide receiver with Preston Williams. And, you know, who knows? They may bring Devontae Parker back, Mike Gesicki. But I'm taking Travis Etienne, the home run threat. I mean, this kid last week versus Wofford, 212 yards rushing, nine carries. Give me the speed demon. I'm going Etienne 101. 
That yeah. shocks me. Yeah. I thought for sure you were going one of two places, and that was not one of the two. <laughs> uh, yeah. That throws my which actually, off. Yeah, that, that makes it a lot more difficult on me because I – yeah, wow, okay. Um, <laughs> well, first of all, before we get to, before we move on, Gary, do you have anything to say about Etienne? How what are your thoughts on him? I I absolutely love Travis Etienne. Um, he's he's moved all over the place inside the top three. He's he stayed consistently in the top three for me. Um, he he was at one for a while. He dropped down to three. I recently moved him back up to two. Um, it, I I love what I see out of ETN. Uh, I talked about this with Ray on on the Destination Debbie podcast a few weeks ago. Some incredible contact balance, obviously elite speed. But one of the things that I love the most is he is able to absorb contact and then accelerate to nearly full speed instantaneously. It's really incredible how quickly he can get off contact and just absolutely go home run threat every time. I love the pick. I just had no idea that that's where you're going. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the landing spot Miami is great. You know, I'll be the devil's advocate here. I'm not as high on ETN as the rest of the industry, but we'll save that for another day. Good pick, Ray. And Garrett, that means you're on the clock. See, this is this is really tough. Because um, there's only one running back that was taken in the first round of this draft. And I do think Buffalo is a good landing spot. Uh, but I think the talent and the situation together is just too much for me to pass. I'm taking DeAndre Swift to the Chargers at two overall. Very nice. And what, why do you like DeAndre Swift? So DeAndre Swift might not be quite as, uh, quote-unquote, electric as ETN. However, he has the most NFL-ready game, I think, of any of these running back prospects. And, and don't get me wrong. It's a good group. A lot of them are ready to go. Um, but you you could put him in an offense with a week's worth of study, and I think he would still put up 100 yards. Um, he, he's able to do everything well, very, very well-rounded back. Um, he He can catch well out of the backfield. That dead leg move that he makes, oh, it leaves people in the dust consistently. It's a it's a thing of beauty to watch. I really enjoy watching his tape. No real holes in his game. Uh, one of the best. He, he, outside of Barkley, I can't remember uh, a running back I've been quite as high on in the past five to eight years. Yeah, I feel the same way. Ray, how do you how do you feel about Swift? Before I get into it. Love him, and that was going to be uh, my choice because I, I do think that Melvin Gordon will be gone, and a player like DeAndre Swift, he comes into that offense, and I think he's immediately, uh, well, maybe not immediately. They may trot Austin Eckler out there as the RB1 for a little bit, but his skill set is just so pro-ready. I mean, he can do everything, run between the tackles. He can be used as a receiving weapon in the passing game, not a running back who can catch passes. You can line him up in the slot. He can do things out of the backfield. You know, he does not have that same uh, long speed as a Travis Etienne or a Chuba Hubbard, but he's got great acceleration and burst, and he's been productive. Any running back who made Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle sit on the bench for extended periods of time as a true freshman, that's what that's somebody that you have to take notice. And he did that as a true freshman. He put Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle on the bench at times during those Georgia Bulldog games. So love the pick. That's you know, that was the other person that I had. But I just, you know, Miami has no talent in that backfield. So I think ETN would step in day one and be electric uh, for for the Dolphins. Yeah. Talking about Swift, I remember that true freshman season. You know, he came out of high school as a five-star recruit. He was, I think, the fourth running back ranked in that class. But when you watch his career as a whole, I think that he he's a better receiver than Sony, and I think he's a bit faster than Chubb. Now we'll, we'll see at the combine. But what are your what are the two of your thoughts on Etn and DeAndre Swift versus the number one back last year, Josh Jacobs? How do you think those two compare to Josh Jacobs? Uh, it's it's close. Uh, I was really high on Jacobs. Um, I think I think most people I know there was a debate at certain points between Jacobs and Montgomery and Jacobs and Sanders. But I would say uh, a, a vast majority had Jacobs as the one back. But um, even in my startup drafts, I was taking him as uh, just outside the top 10 in running backs. I really liked a lot of things I saw. That said, he would be uh, probably third, maybe even fourth in this class 
for me if he was in the 2020 class. Agreed. 100% love Josh Jacobs, but he would be uh, – I've got him fourth and may, maybe fifth, and that's not a slight on Josh Jacobs. It's just how talented this 2020 running back class could potentially be. All right, so before I make my pick, and you guys have completely thrown me off, Swift is my 1-1 if we were to draft today. But I have a trade offer in another dynasty league, and I want to – since you have the 1-4, Ray, I got a trade offer for my 1-4 – for Odell Beckham. So if I offered you my Odell Beckham right now, would you give me the one four so that I could take my player at one four and one three? Yep. <laughs> okay. I sure, All right. I sure well, would. We're not going to make that trade. I just want to know because if you would make that trade, I was going to let Jerry Judy fall to four. But since we're not going to make that trade and I'm going to pick, you know, I do like Jonathan Taylor a lot. I think that, you know, he's proven that he's a special player on the field and off the field. You know, he, he seems to have a lot of good character. And then everything on the field, obviously, you guys know. Um, but the thing, if he falls to Buffalo, the thing I'm concerned about, and again, depends on how much weight you put in this, but over the years, and this is no offense to, you know, Bill's Mafia, but I've seen first-rounders Antoine Smith, Willis McGahee, Marshawn Lynch, C.J. Spiller, all first-round picks just flame out in Buffalo. Uh, you know, you've seen Sammy Watkins, you've seen Robert Woods, all these guys just haven't reached their full potential. So I'm a little hesitant to take Taylor, even though right now I have him ranked as my number two back because I'm not going to get Odell Beckham. So I'm going to go ahead and take Jerry Judy here. And before before I kind of get into this, I want to say that, you know, the combine for me is about 50% of my score on these prospects. I want to confirm what I see on tape compared to how they run their drills. Uh, you know, I want to see their actual speed. I want to see their jump to confirm their burst. I want to see the cone drills to confirm their agility. You know, you combine that with the dominator rating, the breakout age, their college production, your eye test. All these things will determine my score. But when I see Jerry Judy, man, the first thing that I see is his speed. What do you What do you guys think he is? Four four? What do you, What do you think his speed is? I'd guess it'd be somewhere around around the low four fours. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, probably for me a mid four four. But you're at, at that point, it's all the same. I think he's a four four guy. Yeah, I mean, to me, when you watch him, he can stretch defenses over the top. You know, he can run by double coverage. He can score from anywhere on the field, right? He's excellent after the catch. He's elusive. You know, he has great talent. He changes direction quickly. He shows great ball skills, playmaking ability. There's very little to dislike about Jerry Judy. And Absolutely. since he's my pick, I'm not going to name any. But I'm anxious to see him at the combine and see if his drills confirm his tape. So I'm all in. What do you guys think about Jerry Judy? I still have him at one. Uh, it's uh, And I know Ray's talked about this, too. The gap's not quite as big as it once was, but I do still have him as the top receiver. But um, it used to be like Judy's in his own tier, and then we'll start talking about other people. He's now in a tier with like three other guys for me. Yeah, and we were talking about the 40. What I think he's really going to crush is that three cone. I think he's like a 6'8", you know, 6'9", three cone. He's going to go sub seven seconds in the three cone, which is phenomenal. I mean, his start-stop yeah. ability, um, his ability to, you know, we talk a lot about acceleration right how quick people can get up and go but there was somebody posted something about Stefan Diggs's ability to decelerate and I think that's a, a another trait that Judy has better than anybody in this class his ability to go from full speed to zero when you're talking about those yeah. out routes those comeback routes that's another skill that people need to pay a little more attention to because his ability to go from 100 to zero is just ridiculous. So, you know, even though he is not my wide receiver one in this class, uh, I think he's a fantastic wide receiver prospect. All right, Ray, that puts you up on the clock, 1-4. All right, uh, 1-4, you know, <clears throat> I, I want to take Jonathan Taylor here, but I don't think Devin Singletary is going away. I just, I, I don't foresee that happening. So I'm going to take my wide receiver one in this class and uh, pair him up with his college teammate, Kyler Murray. And I'm going C.D. Lamb at Arizona. You know, uh, Larry Fitzgerald, he's just not the same player that he once was. I have said and maintained for a long time that I love Christian Kirk's talent. I do not believe Christian Kirk is a wide receiver one. I think he needs a reliable target to go to. And I think C.D. Lamb could provide that instantly for him in that air raid attack with Kyler, with Cliff Kingsbury. Give me C.D. Lamb. And he was the number eight overall pick in this mock. So I'm taking Lamb. Very nice. Yeah, so, you know, C.D.'s had three quarterbacks in three different seasons. So it'll be nice for him to go to a franchise where 
the quarterback won't be leaving anytime soon with Kyler Murray. Garrett, what's your take on CeeDee Lamb? Yeah, he's he's one of those guys that's approached that tier, and uh, I uh, I really like this, and I like the landing spot as well, uh, and that might even be enough to, to flip him uh, if this were the real thing. Uh, that might be enough to put CD one and Judy two for me. Um, I, I like a lot of his game. The thing that I have been overly excited about um, since watching the season, I was watching some tape last year and I, and I thought he was good, but what I've really noticed this year is he has done a much better job at getting separation this year than he did last year. Sometimes at times it just seemed like he relied on just being bigger and being able to jump higher than a lot of other guys. I think he's I think he's becoming a little bit better of a route runner. I think he's uh, a little more elusive this year than we've seen in the past, and I think it's really kind of completed the package of who CeeDee Lamb is, so I'm excited about him. All right, well, you're on the clock at 1-5. Go ahead. Look, guys, the disrespect has gone too far. If you guys want to give me the two best backs in the class, I'll take it, <laughs> all right? I'll take Jonathan Taylor at five and I will go smiling because I too, I would like, if I was on at one, one, it would have probably been down between these two guys. And, and the concerns are valid there, you know, Buffalo, although it's not a bad landing spot, it's not what some of these other landing spots are that, that we've seen for some of these running backs. Um, and, and Singletary is there as well. And as much as I do think Singletary has been a very pleasant surprise, I am not sure that he is built to carry that load. And I think Jonathan Taylor is that load bearer. I think he can be that 20, 25 carry a game type guy. Um, I really think, actually, I think this would be a beautiful scenario because they could kind of utilize what they've done in uh, New Orleans with, you know, where they had Latavius Murray and Alvin Kamara before it was Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara and kind of utilize them in a similar fashion. But uh, around the goal line, he's he's just an absolute man, much faster um, than than originally given credit for by even people like me. Um, I think he's much faster than I originally anticipated um, between the tackles. Uh, there's nobody I would probably want more in this class. So, uh, I mean, I'm thrilled to get him at five. Yeah, that's that's a steal. What, what do you think about him, Ray? He's a beast. He's a beast. And if he ends up in Buffalo, of course, Singletary would get work, but um, he'd be the guy. I mean, he's somebody that can grind the ball between the tackles. One of the biggest knocks on him was his pass catching ability. And I believe, and I just talked about this yesterday, Shaw should remember, I think he's got more receptions than Travis Etienne and DeAndre Swift on the season. I know he has more receiving touchdowns, but he's actually improved on that area of his game. I think he's somebody that can drop sub 4-4, and that would be ridiculous if he does that. Um, we'll see uh, come February, March time for the combine, but I love the pick. Love love uh, Jonathan Taylor, the prospect. Yeah, you know, for running backs, when I you know do my research, speed is very important for running backs. Last year, they said that out of the top 10 running backs, the average 40 time was a 4.5. You know, obviously, Nick Chubb was the slowest at a 4.51, and Barkley was the fastest around a 4.4. But uh, speed is important for running backs. So that's a big thing that I look at when I, when I you know, choose my running back. So if I'm picking at 1.6, I, you know, I had this guy debated between Judy at 1.3, and that's Cam Akers. I really love Cam. Uh, I mean, uh, he, you know, he, I, I would even consider taking him over Taylor uh, only because if Akers was on Clemson, you know, we'd be talking about him as a top three back. You know, he really got a raw deal at Florida State. You know, he was a five-star recruit coming out of Mississippi. I think he was second in the class behind Najee Harris. Uh, he's also in this draft class, you know, but he came in when Jimbo was on his way out. Now he's dealing with the Willie Taggart debacle who, you know, Willie just got let go. But above all that, he's he's probably played behind one of the worst offensive lines in, in Division One football, and he still averaged close to five yards per carry uh, in three years at Florida State. But some things that I heard this morning, according to the Destination Debbie podcast, he has more explosive runs this year than any of the backs we're going to discuss today. Ray, what do you think about that? I'm pissed because you sniped me. I thought for sure <laughs> I was going to be able to get him in Cam Akers in Houston, and he does have the most explosive uh, plays, and I qualified that with runs of eight-plus yards on the season. 
Um, I think that I, I think he's a phenomenal three down back. He has the most receptions out of any of the big six running backs on the season. He's doing it behind one of the worst offensive lines in college football. I think his game is tailor made for the pro level. Cam Akers is going to be man. It, it, the the only thing he needs to do, we we talked about this with Taylor two years ago. He's just got to hold on to the damn ball. He's he's dropped it a couple of times this year. But from a pure running back standpoint, just the physical gifts that he has, he might be the most talented running back in the class. Period. Yeah, and uh, you know, in our mock, he's going around three. Now, obviously, Houston traded their three. Uh, well, it's a conditional three for Duke Johnson, but they got one back from Seattle uh, for Jadavian Clowney. So if he goes in the third round, I'm okay with that. If he goes later than the third, it'll it'll worry me a little bit. You know, I need to see his combine numbers. Uh, he probably runs around a four or five. If he, if he's better than a four or five, I'll be happy. If he's if he's slower than a four or five, he may drop on my board. Garrett, what do you think about Acres, real quick? Yeah, uh, I love Acres. Uh, put a thread out on him uh, back in in June, and this was before the season even started. And I was like, you know what, guys, I know that he had a super lackluster sophomore season. But the kid is incredibly talented. Um, he he was trying to do way too much. Um, and that happens with young, young, inexperienced guys. He was a former quarterback. He's still somewhat learning the position. And he was just trying to do too much too often. Um, and and he, the, the line wasn't there to support him. Not good quarterback play. Not a lot going on at the other skill positions. This year, we see him being a little bit more patient. We, we've seen him understand, read better. Uh, I think it, it's something that, I don't see very often, and and you guys can correct me if you see something else. I actually think he's improved his vision, which you don't see often out of a, out of running backs because it's usually they either have good vision or they don't. I think he's actually improved his vision. I think he's done a much better job at finding the holes, finding the seams, finding the creases, understanding his speed, his acceleration level, where he can hit, where he won't be able to hit. I don't know. I, I've been thoroughly impressed with how he's played this year. All right, well, I'm happy to add him to my fantasy team. So, Ray, you're on the clock at 1-7. All right, at 1-7, and I want to go with a wide receiver, but I know by passing on one, I'll be able to get somebody that I like here uh, when I pick again. So I'm going to go ahead and take another running back, and I absolutely love this landing spot for this prospect. And if this happens, I think his, his upside is immense. And I'm going with Alabama running back Najee Harris, he lands oh. with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, he's six foot two, two hundred and thirty pounds. And you know, Bruce Arians had another running back who was six foot one, almost two hundred and thirty pounds, and his name was David Johnson. And we saw what happened when David Johnson uh, was in a Bruce Arians system. I'm not a believer in Peyton Barber. I'm not a believer in Ronald Jones. So if you put Najee Harris, and he has looked phenomenal this season, I was very skeptical of Najee coming in. But this kid looks like, I mean, he looks like a true bona fide stud. And even though he was picked in the top of the fourth round, I mean, David Johnson was a late third round pick in that Tampa Bay offense with those wide receivers on the outside. They will not be able to load the box on somebody like Najee Harris. I think eventually his talent went out and he'd end up being the starting running back. And I, I want a Bruce Arian starting running back with that type of talent. Yeah, I mean, I, I had Najee Harris circled, man. I. I probably have Najee as my, my fourth-ranked running back in this class. I mean, I think he's a true workhorse. You know, I've been lobbying for, for the Bucks to add a running back all season. So if they get Najee here, that's going to be huge for them. Um, you know, now some people think that he's better than Josh Jacobs, but others don't. Uh, Ray, what's your opinion on him versus Josh Jacobs? Um, You know, that's, that's tough because, you know, Josh Jacobs has looked outstanding with the Raiders. So I'll kind of block that out of, you know, my memory bank. But – I mean, Najee Harris was the guy getting the work um, last season on the ground. And Josh Jacobs was sort of that pass catching back um, who kind of came on late in the season. If you're just talking about pure, like running the ball, I would say Najee may be a little more advanced than what Josh Jacobs was. But in the receiving game, there's no question that Jacobs had the upper hand. I think it's close, man. It's about a wash. But, you know, again, six foot two, 230 pounds in the way that Najee has moved this season and and shown that that pass catching prowess, I, I I think it's close. I really really believe it's close. So that that just shows you how strong this class is. You know, you're picking a one seven a running back who you think compares very favorably to the perhaps one two in this 2019 class. Uh, Garrett, what do you think about Najee Harris? 
Yeah, I do like Harris. Uh, I was kind of off of him last season. However, this season he's moved up my boards. Uh, I, I do think he's improved quite a bit. It's it's interesting to see when guys get an opportunity to have a majority of the workload to themselves versus having to share time, specifically with those bigger backs. I think a lot of times they need those touches to get in a rhythm, uh, and I think that's the case uh, here with, with Harris. Tampa Bay is a really good landing spot, uh, which I definitely think helped boost this stock as well. I don't know that I can go quite as far um, and say that I, I would compare him close to Jacobs. I still have Jacobs quite a bit ahead personally, um, but that's not a knock on Harris. Um, that's just my my uh, my fanboy for Josh Jacobs coming out. But yeah, he's he's a talented player. Great landing spot. It's a really good pick. All right, so you're on the clock, Garrett. But before you make this pick, I need to make a trade offer because my guy has fallen to the one eight. Okay. Now, I'm willing to trade you. I have the 112 in this draft. I'm willing to, to package that 112 with Austin Hooper to move up to 18. Uh, that seems targeted. This seems <laughs> Tell me targeted. if you take Austin Hooper in the 112 for the 18 so I can get my guy. Oh, I love Austin Hooper. And I love. Oh, man. This hurts. This hurts so bad. Oh, my heart. Um, here's the one issue that I potentially have. I'm going to talk, I'm going to talk it out and see if I can convince myself one way or another. As much as I love Hooper and, and it's, I've put it all over Twitter. Um, I got to take like a hundred victory laps this year with about Hooper. It's been beautiful. Never seen that. Oh, good. Uh, uh, that said, uh, I am a little bit worried. Uh, I do think this entire coaching staff is going to be cleaned out. And Hooper is also a free agent uh, at the end of the year. So with those two things combined, it leaves a little bit of uncertainty. And I think at this point, there's only one running back left that I love the player and the situation. So I am actually surprisingly going to pass. Okay. All right. Well, at least I tried. What if I throw in a fourth round pick with it? Uh, that doesn't move the needle for me. Okay. All right. Well, then you're on the clock. Go ahead. Make your choice. All right. This was the last running back left that I think talent and the landing spot is just way too good to pass. And I actually assumed that he would have gone sooner just solely on the landing spot. But I got to take Ingram Benjamin to Kansas City. I mean, that's it's a match made in heaven. Uh, I mean, realistically, any running back to Kansas City is a match made in heaven. But that said, Eno Benjamin does have a little bit of Shady McCoy flavor in him. Uh, and we see we saw what uh, Andy Reid did uh, with with Shady McCoy. So I love that landing spot. He is a very good pass catcher, uh, very elusive runner. He's not going to blow us away at the combine. I actually think uh, some people will be disappointed in his 40 time and that might hurt his stock a little bit, but I do think he's more than just a third down back. I do think he can, can go between the tackles bang enough, uh, for, for a slightly undersized guy. So, uh, yeah, give me the Kansas city running back. Very nice. What, what do you think, Ray? Uh, I, I thought about it. Um, and Eno was somebody I had top five coming in the season. Um, he's dropped down a little bit for me, but if he ends up in Kansas city, I don't think LaShawn McCoy will be there after this season. I don't know about Damian Williams. I don't think Darwin Thompson is going to be a full-time thing. So I'd love the pick. And I think, you know, he's talented. And one of the things that he does do well that would fit that Kansas City offense is he catches the ball extremely well. This kid caught a bunch of passes as a freshman, uh, as a sophomore last year. And he's doing the same thing with Jaden Daniels in Arizona State this year. So love the landing spot, love the pick. And I think if he did go to Kansas City, he'd probably get moved up a lot of people's draft boards. So love the pick right there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the landing spot's everything right here. If the Chiefs make him a pick in the third round, he's penciled in as competing for the starting role day one. That's that's pretty obviously. And he appears to be a true workhorse. What, he had 300 carries last year? Um, yeah. And to me, he resembles a Kareem Hunt just a bit faster. I think he's, like you said, Ray, I think he's a good receiver out of the backfield. But I, I want to watch more film on him because I want to see what his pass protection looks like. But if the Chiefs take him here, you know, his pass protection looks good uh, and he has a good combine, I think this is a great pick. Uh, that wasn't who I was trading up to, so thank goodness I still got uh, Hooper on my team and the 112. Uh, <laughs> let, let, let me document that. 
Let me get him off my board. And then my pick, which surprised me because, you know, listening to, to Ray uh, on the podcast, he loves this running back. And I think the, the landing spot is huge. Uh, and that's Chuba Hubbard going to Detroit in the third round. You know, he kind of came out of nowhere. I know he was projected to be a decent running back, but, you know, he's put himself in the, the top tier of running backs after his year this year. And, you know, the first word to describe Chuba is explosive, man. He is so explosive. You know, he's a he's on Team Canada's sprint team. Let me tell you how fast this guy is, Ray. I don't know if you know this. You probably do, but he ran the 200 meters at 22.7 seconds, and DeAndre Swift ran the same 200 at 24 seconds. That's that's two full seconds faster than DeAndre Swift. That's insane, man. I mean, at 17 years old, he ran the 100-meter dash in a 10.55 seconds. Henry Ruggs, we think Henry Ruggs is probably one of the fastest in this class, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Chuba ran the 100 in a 10.55 seconds. Henry Ruggs at Alabama ran it in a 10.58 Right. That's how fast Chuba Hubbard is. When he goes to the combine, he's going to set that thing on fire, man. He might rise to the number one running back in this class. And and what I've seen so far, you know, and I got to go back to the film because I've told Ray on several occasions, I haven't really broke down his film, but he's got great vision, right? He's got good agility. He seems like a patient runner. He's got good contact balance, but I got to watch that film man. I got to see what his pass blocking looks like because you know, that could really set him back a few years if he, if he doesn't understand how to pass block. But I think it's a good landing spot in Detroit. You know, carry-on's been injured two years in a row. Perhaps Detroit's looking for their number one. So I'm taking, I'm happy taking Chuba at the 1-9. You know, I think when the combine is over with, you know, we're going to be talking about Chuba probably in the top three of this class. So right now, since we're having our draft early, I'm glad to take him at the 1-9. Garrett, what do you think about Chuba? Everything you said about Chuba is absolutely true. The dude is... Uh absolute speedster uh and he's got a bigger frame than you would expect uh with somebody with that kind of speed uh standing at six foot one so um he's he's an impressive impressive specimen uh, and he's really lit up some defenses this year and i i considered chuba at this spot what scared me off slightly was one carry on being there and two him being in the third round of this draft those two things together spooked me a little bit. Had it been Detroit, same team Detroit in the second, that would have filled me with a little more confidence that this really is their guy, as opposed to uh, it might still be carry on, kind of a committee thing. Granted, and and I'm I'm preaching to myself when I do this because uh, what I should have what I should have taken into account is at the end of the day, I truly do believe that talent wins out. We saw that with Chubb in the past. We saw that with Joe Mixon when Jeremy Hill and Gio Bernard were there. Like when these dra- running backs get drafted, if they are truly a t- more talented back, they're going to play. Um, so I, I don't know. I think it was the third round thing that scared me off, but I think it's a good pick. Yeah. Uh, Ray, what do you think? Did I get excited about Chuba like you like you get excited when you talk about him? I don't think anybody gets ex- as excited about Chuba as me, but you did a good job. Um, <laughs> That's fair. Uh, he's, he's phenomenal. I will say his pla- pass blocking is absolutely horrendous. It is pathetic. I mean, it, I don't know if it's – he doesn't want to do it. He doesn't know how to do it, um, but it's not good whatsoever. So he's definitely going to have to improve upon that. But maybe they just utilize him in that pass-catching role, which he had 22 receptions as a redshirt freshman. He can catch the ball, but if, you, if you're if you asking him to stand back there and protect Matthew Stafford, good luck because he, he ain't getting it done. Yeah, and that, that's the reason why Penny fell on my board. He was just a, a, a bad pass blocker, and he just – he still hasn't overcome that. So, all right, well, I'm, I'm marking down Chuba for me. 110, Ray, you're on the clock. All right, we talked about draft capital, and this is somebody that I have been like a roller coaster on, up and down, up and down, but I do believe that from a talent perspective – he probably has one of the highest ceilings of any wide receiver in this class. Uh, big knock on him is his injury history. But I'm going to go with the one, uh, the fifth, the fifth overall pick in this mock draft, LaVisca Chenault to the New York Giants. Get Danny Dimes a true alpha number one receiver on the outside. You know, I, I hope everything works out well with Sterling Shepard, but it just seems like that concussion history, he can't overcome that. They've got one of the best running backs in football. They've got a dynamic tight end. They've got a young ascending quarterback. You got to get him a number one alpha receiver to throw to. And I think LaVisca Chenault at six foot two, 224 pounds provides 
that, you know, human tank out there on the outside. And I think that he and Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley and Evan Ingram and Golden Tate form a very nice offensive attack. And I love, love the draft capital here. Top five pick. He's going to be fed targets early and often. He might only play 12 games for you, but you know what? He's, he's going to give you everything he's got in those 12 games. So I'm going to go with LaVisca Chenault right here. Yeah, he's uh, he's absolutely a beast. Now, I, I actually have Judy and Chenault as my top two receivers over C.D. Lamb. I mean, it is so tough. This class is so special, man. But not only could Chenault be considered one of the top receivers in this class, he could be considered one of the top players in this class. I mean, he's absolutely special when he gets the ball. Uh, you know, durability could be a concern, but... You know, guys like Adrian Peterson, he had injuries in college. Uh, so we can't write him off just for the injury concern. Uh, obviously, you have to take that in consideration before you make him your pick. But I think he's an absolute special player, a great wide receiver prospect. Garrett, what are your thoughts on uh, Chanel? Man, he is a, uh, a running back trapped in a wide receiver's body. Uh, the dude is just he, – he's, he's built different, man. He's built different. Uh, I, I love watching him play. Uh, he might not be as as developed of a route runner as some of these other guys are, and 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 the injury history is a is a very big concern. And so, um, I wonder if in real life that might knock his his draft stock a little bit. But but the guy has undeniable special talent. Uh, the the ability to be able to uh, catch a pass over the middle of the field and just shake off defenders. Um, and and the some of the, uh, the the moves that he puts on guys it's it's fun to watch so yeah I'm absolutely all in with that pick that makes perfect sense he was one of the two guys that I was considering uh, at at 11 here so I think that's a very good pick yeah I mean at that draft capital like you said right if he gets picked the fifth overall player in this draft I mean you have to take him just based on that draft capital but it, it, this could be a hot take or a bold take you know I think Chanel could either be the steal of the draft or he could be the biggest bust of this draft. Um, so for it's, sure, it's however you feel. So Garrett, you're on the clock at 111. All right, yeah, no, I I agree with what you said on the last thing there about Chenault. Uh, very boomer bust. It wouldn't if he ended up kind of being Sammy Watkins. That wouldn't surprise me. If he ended up being Juju, which I guess he's not having as good of a season, but I'm still super high on that kid. Uh, that wouldn't surprise me either. So so right here, uh, I was between Chenault and another receiver. This is another situation where uh, landing spots good. Draft capital is is excellent, and the prospect is absolutely fantastic. I think the buzz has lessened on him in the past couple weeks just because he hasn't had quite as many touchdowns or or highlight plays. But uh, Henry Ruggs to Oakland here uh, is has got to be my pick. Uh, I think Carr has shown that he is still a capable quarterback. We've talked about Jacobs a couple times in the backfield there. Waller, the baller at tight end, they just locked him up for a while. So it's a good situation where they're just desperately needing a good wide receiver in there to help make plays. And and he could absolutely be that playmaker. Um, he has that capability of doing the types of things that Tyreek Hill does. And I don't say that lightly because I understand that Tyreek Hills do not come around every day, but Henry Ruggs doesn't come around every day either. And this just shows how deep this class is to be able to get a guy with this type of ceiling at pick 11 is absolutely absurd. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's probably one of the fastest in this class. What do you think he runs a four, 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 three, something? Oh, I'm hearing what, what, what did you say the other day, Ray? That he might even touch the four twos. Yeah. I, I think he's, I think he's sub four, three. Like, I think it's, I think it's pretty much automatic sub four, three. I don't know if he'll run four, two, two, like John Ross, but I think he's in the four twos. I'm, I'm going to call four, two, eight, four, two, nine. All right. So we got rugs off the board. So I'm picking last here at one twelve. You know, I think I'm just going to go with the best receiver with the draft capital tied to a Hall of Fame quarterback, and that's going to be T. Higgins, drafted by Green Bay at 129. Now, this guy is six foot four, 200 pounds. You know, he's a big receiver, right? So that, that's going to be a mismatch issue for most defensive backs. And Clemson always seems to produce quality receivers. You know, in college, they always, you know, typically share targets. When they get to the NFL, they typically show how talented they are. And, and I think that he's going to be your typical X receiver at the NFL level, tied to Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, some can question his speed. He could be a Corey Davis type pro. But being drafted in the first round, being tethered to a Hall of Fame quarterback, I think that's huge when you draft these 
young receivers, if they're tethered to that veteran quarterback, the Drew Breeses, the Aaron Rodgers, the Russell Wilsons, I mean, it really makes them a better receiver. You know, we can go off subject here and talk about DK Metcalf and a lot of people predicted him to be a bust. And, you know, when you're tied to Russell Wilson, who can put the ball anywhere that it has to be, he makes you look better than you actually are. So I'm going to roll the dice here. and I'm going to go with T. Higgins and hopefully it works out. But uh, I'm just trusting that Aaron Rodgers will make him a a good receiver. What are your thoughts on T. Higgins, Garrett? Yeah, he's he's really improved, I think, this year. Uh, it was it was a question whether he was uh, actually even the top receiver on his team. Uh, you know, there was a lot of people talking highly on Ross, and and granted, Ross is a fantastic prospect of on his own right, but I think Higgins has really elevated his game. Ultimate jump ball guy in this class, I think he's probably the one you would go to if you want that. Uh, traditional X receiver, the guy that can go up and get it, that can make a play um, in a contested catch situation. Uh, and and you get Green Bay. And uh, right now, as much as we all want MVS to be a thing, and, and me just as much as anyone else, so far he, he hasn't. And they're still really looking for that number two wide receiver uh, that's going to uh, line up across from Devontae Adams. So I think that's a really good pick. And, and he was on my radar as well. Yeah, I'm a fan of T. Higgins. Uh, I think that big-bodied wide receiver, um, he's got excellent ball skills. He's pretty good after the catch as well. I think him in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, you know, I think he they need a legitimate number two, and I think he steps in to fill that role. So I love that pick, and I love the player. All right, so that finishes round one for us. Uh, let me recap. First pick was Travis Etienne, then DeAndre Swift, then Jerry Judy, then CeeDee Lamb. Jonathan Taylor, Cam Akers, Najee Harris, Eno Benjamin, Chuba Hubbard, Leviscus Chenault, Henry Ruggs, and T. Higgins. All right, so the first round's in the books. We're well over an hour, so we're going to push round two to episode two of the podcast. But before I let you go, here's a sneak peek for what you can expect on the next episode of Roto Lounge. Let me get some more whiskey. <laughs> Let me get some more whiskey. You think so? Let me get some more whiskey. <laughs> I have a feeling I know your next pick. You think so? I'm 99% sure I know your next pick. I'll be shocked if I'm wrong. You, I, Man, I'm torn between two, Bryce, because I don't think the other guy's going to come back to me. I'm torn between two, man. I, I really, really am. <sighs> I'll, I'll tell you what, if, if you don't take the one I assume you're going to take, he will definitely not be there. <laughs> Let me get some more whiskey.